Welcome to this special bonus episode of the KDB Review Podcast. I'm your host as always, Andy Davis. We have our penultimate installment of our Insights 2023 series today. This is where we talk to KBB industry leaders about their thoughts looking back at 2022 and where they think the opportunities, pitfalls and growth lie in 2023. And today we're hearing from one of the biggest brands in the industry, Egger. Their products span the market and so their insights into what's been happening and their thoughts on what might happen in 2023 are absolutely invaluable. KBB Review Deputy Editor Vicky Evans is talking to Product Manager Alexander West and Plant Director Andrew Sanderson. But before I hand over to Vicky... Make sure you don't miss any other episodes in this special series or indeed any episodes of the normal KBB Review podcast by following us in your podcast app of choice. You can find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or frankly, anywhere else you can get podcasts. And you can do that by simply searching KBB Review, all one word. And you know what? While you're there, you might as well give us a nice rating and review too, as it really does encourage others to give us a go. Now, over to KBB Review Deputy Editor, Vicky Evans. Today is Alex and Andrew from EGA. Firstly, introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about EGA. I'm Andy Sanderson. I'm Plant Director Sales for uh, our production sites in Hexham and Barony. EGA, we're a family-owned business, one of the world's leading manufacturers of wood-based panels. So our portfolio includes everything from uh, melamine face chipboard, MDF, laminates, worktops, edge banding. And we primarily supply to the furniture industry. Uh, we have 20 production sites around the world. And we have a, a turnover of over 4 billion euros. So a huge business, but um, yeah, very much a hidden giant when it comes to consumers. We're in most people's homes without them really even knowing. And I'm Alex West. I'm the product manager for EGA UK, ultimately responsible for decorative products and managing our portfolio out of Hexham and Barron. Let's start with the last 12 months. Let's look back. Where are you investing and where are you growing? We continue to invest all around the world. Um, in the UK alone, we're, we're looking to invest £30 million this year into the into the UK business. We also invest in, in continual improvements to our upgrading. So we're, we're investing every single year to minimise any unexpected breakdown. So our maintenance investment is into almost £10 million per year, uh, just to keep the lines running as efficiently as possible. But yeah, there's, there's been a few key areas where we're investing definitely in, in the area of sustainability. So we've installed a new recycling plant at Hexham, our, our third one, a £15 million investment, which allows us to increase the recycled content within the board very slightly. We're also looking to invest in products. So we are well underway with our EDC 2024 collection, uh, where we're looking to, to launch that in February next year. We're also investing in our employees. Employee retention is, is a key topic, I think, for all businesses. So yeah, we're, we're investing in employees with regards to training, uh, over 15% of our workforce has or is currently an apprentice. So we have a huge apprenticeship program and lots of opportunities for graduates and undergraduates as well. As I say, we're a family-owned business, so we have kids clubs that we've been running this year. We, we've offered uh, employees and provided employees with 400 days of childcare. We're doing family days. I've uh, got one coming up at Christmas time. Uh, we've introduced a fuel allowance uh, for families, particularly for those who are, are, are commuting quite a long way. And yeah, we've been very mindful of the, the cost of living pressures as well. So looking after our employees that way. A lot going on at EGA, both investing in the practical side, but also the family, which is amazing to hear. As we near the end of 2023, what's your current assessment on the market in general? With regards to our market, yeah, the current assessment, certainly very different to the last two years, uh, where we saw 
material shortages, transport shortages, volume allocations caused by the, the COVID bubble where we saw unprecedented demand. I would say it's it's much more in line with what, what we're used to in, in November, really. So we, we've started to look back and assess our performance more in line with 2018 and 2019. And I would say it's probably even a little bit ahead of what we'd normally expect at this time of year. So we're in a very good position as a business. We're still seeing a lot of demand for our products. I think we always just need to remind ourselves that the market situation course in the last two years is very much a, a once in a lifetime topic. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on. It's a very difficult time to predict anything. Although if you were to put your predicting goggles on, what are you and Ega focusing on for the next year? And what are your predictions for the market going forward? Yeah, as I say, incoming orders are still very strong. There are a huge pipeline of projects that are working on. In addition to the KBB market, we're increasingly into the shop fitting and specification industry, so student accommodation, hotels, shop fitting. And yeah, that, that pipeline of projects has is, is never been healthier. But yeah, there's, there's no denying that next year is, is going to be challenging. We've got an unstable economy. Mortgage repayments will be a key topic, just as energy costs were this year. But we have to face into that. We're a strong, reliable partner. It seems by most as a supply of choice for the industry, and, and we have to be responsible to navigate our way through that. It was interesting to see the the, the word of the year was perma crisis a couple of weeks ago. So, and that, that pretty much sums things up. It feels that we've gone from one crisis to the next, and the team at Ega now feel you know very experienced, very seasoned with dealing with crisis from Brexit to COVID to all the political uncertainty and disruption we've had recently. So, we expect and predict another unpredictable year. I think it's probably the best way to, to sum it up. But we're, we're very confident. I think we operate at, at, at an area of the, the market and the industry where there's a lot of potential. Certainly compared to higher end materials, we, we offer a lot of value for customers and that will become increasingly important into next year. Permacrisis is definitely the word of the year, word of the season. Let's hope it doesn't continue to be the word. Yeah, it certainly feel boring when we get back to some sort of normality. But yeah, it's it's very difficult to predict. You know, our crystal ball has been pretty good. But yeah, we, we are at the moment uh, pleasantly surprised with, with how the demand still is. That's great. I mean, there are lots of threats on the horizon and we'll get back to threats. But let's be positive for a moment. What do you think are the opportunities in the industry and the opportunities available for your retailers? Ultimately, change in consumer attitudes and um, the economic uncertainty at, the, at this point in time mean that interior trends are moving at a faster pace than ever before. So we know that this is going to be hugely impacting everyone, including obviously our customers. Historically, during periods of economic uncertainty, customers, consumers have had a tendency to pare back interiors in favour of a more minimalist aesthetic. So I think as a result of that, we're likely to see a continued rise of more multifunctional furniture and spaces. So things like slide and hide functions, open plan spaces, coffee tables with hidden storage, media centres for living spaces, just to keep everything nice and tidy and tucked away. So there's definitely opportunity there. Ultimately, keeping the product offer fresh as well, because trends are moving so fast. Obviously, it's really, really important for customers and, and brands to remain relevant. After all, new products is the lifeblood of, of the interiors industry. Budgets, they are increasingly coming under scrutiny too. So it's important for businesses to focus on value for money. And that's where obviously we're uniquely positioned in, in our product offer. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of products that you guys have. You're talking a lot about multifunctional spaces. Have you noticed a specific type of surface that a lot of customers are gravitating towards to at the moment? Absolutely. It'll come as no surprise when you hear that super matte finishes are, are on the rise and they are obviously very, very trendy at this point in time. There's a lot going on. 
ultimately it is a really, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but it's a really interesting time just further on, on the consumer and, and how the consumer's changing things. We've effectively got a collision of, of two key consumer drivers, sustainability and financial anxiety. In sustainability, we're seeing the demand for not only more eco-friendly materials and, of course, the prevalent green trend. We have a lot of new greens within our recent Egazone collection. So that's impacting things in terms of decor. You've got consumer drivers like well-being. So that's influencing things like lighting design trends. We historically in the UK have favoured gloss finishes in, in white, cashmere, cream, surfaces that ultimately reflect light and make our homes feel bigger. But because we're a lot more concerned now with changing colour lighting, for example, LEDs, recessed lighting, really investing in spaces that feel more like hotels than home, that are really curated spaces. And as a result, that's having an impact when it comes to the black and the real super matte finishes. And we have a huge, huge offer in terms of product portfolio. We've got our Perfect Sense PM products. So that's our premium matte offering a real velvety smooth anti-fingerprint surface um, in that super matte finish. But we've also recently introduced our new TM9 product offer, which is still an anti-fingerprint super matte surface, but it's a much more affordable price point and it comes with a sustainable chipboard core as well. So that's effectively making the super matte really aspirational finish more affordable. We saw the uptake in the green decos from last year. So we introduced as part of our permanent collection in the UK, three new green decos from stock. So we've seen really the, the volume accelerate on those decos in the past six to eight months. So we predicted the trend and um, obviously, luckily, um, we've, we've done our homework with those decos and they are performing really, really, really well for us. Similarly with Supermat, Supermat's been a, a bit more of a slow burn in the UK, massively accepted in, in Central Europe by comparison, where their focus is a lot more on that modern Gola profile aesthetic in, in kitchens, living bedrooms. Um, they don't tend to have the same split as, um, as we do in the UK between, say, shaker and, and a modern slab or integrated handle aesthetic. So it has been a little bit more of a slow burn in the, in the UK, but we're really starting to see the, that trend level off and ultimately the, the volumes that we're seeing on gloss for example to super matte is roughly 50 50 now let's move back to the retailers what should retailers be watching out for in the next year what are their threats well i think it's it's fair to say it's the financial anxiety of consumers as andy's already alluded to you know it's inflationary pressures it, it's the pressure of paying mortgages but there's some recent data from ONS that basically suggests that the household levels of savings in the UK is actually a, a really, really strong point. We've saved a lot of money throughout the COVID pandemic. And although the level of customer confidence is, is really low, the level of household savings is actually still really high. So it's a case of making sure that the products that are on offer, they offer value for money. They are pitched at the right level. And ultimately, we are specifying products in, in the right areas to make sure that, that those customers are, are getting that value for money. Yeah, I think value is the key, the key word. If you look at the recent trading figures from Primark, for example, the, the major clothing retailer, you know, their value proposition at the moment is, is a significant competitive advantage amidst the cost of living crisis. People are still willing to spend, but they need to feel that they're getting value for money. 
yeah, we've been launching a, a simple swaps campaign at the moment, looking at all of the value engineering opportunities that we want to share with, with our customers, whether it's switching from solid timber to our highly realistic fieldwood products, uh, our fieldwood MFC replicates the look and feel of, of real wood. So where, where there's a knot in the reproduction, we actually emboss through our texture plates a, a knot in, in the surface of the board. And this can be two to three times more expensive than, than, than the fieldwood product by, by using solid timber. So I think there's, there's real opportunities out there. I think it, retailers need to have an open mindset, not always just doing what, what's been done before, but looking at new ways to use product looking at alternative applications for existing products and uh, yeah, to have a, a very open mind, to be agile, open to change and to be open to new ways of working. You know, the, the painted trend, for example, has been around for a long time in the UK and, and, and we're just about to launch our new painted finish, painted reproduction, uh, which is called Structure 40 next year. We have an existing texture, Structure 27, but with Structure 40, we have now an even more realistic painted effect. So rather than painting real wood or veneer, which is a very time intensive and, and cost intensive process, we can provide customers with either, with either a painted grade board where they can paint or spray the board themselves or a pre-finished board in any of the agar colors. So there's lots of new opportunities um, which can offer greater value and, and, and significantly reduce the cost of existing furniture. Yeah, I think in these times, innovation is a key, not just from yourselves and other manufacturers, but also the retailers and the designers to actually sometimes just get on board with the new products, but then also to think differently. Those are the good designers who think slightly more outside the box and have a different approach rather than just what's been done before. Absolutely. I think in investing is, is key. We continue to invest in our facilities. We invested £120 million during the last recession. It was the best thing that we ever did, put in a new chipboard production line. And you come out of the other side so much stronger. So, yeah, I think it's really important not to be too negative, uh, to make sure that, that teams are upbeat, positive, and question existing ways of working, look, looking at digitalization, looking at showrooms, looking at automation, and uh, to try and make all of our businesses as efficient as possible uh, and having a real focus on, on product development rather than battening down the hatches and trying to make it through to the other side. More specifically, how is EGA helping your retail customers with their threats, but also their opportunities in the next 12 months? We've recently been working more consultatively with our customers to help support them to make more sustainable and cost-effective choices when specifying our materials. We often find that products are actually over-specified. Great example being specifying a laminate bonded board uh, versus a melamine face board. We have, have a general rule whereby if you're, you're specifying a horizontal material or product like um, a table or, or a desk or something like that, then generally you would apply laminate to that surface. And if it's a vertical application, so something like a frontal, then you can easily go ahead with a, a melamine face chipboard, for example. A lot of our customers or a lot of the, the consumer base, the retail consumer base, are actually specifying laminates for vertical application and it's just not necessary. So we're, we're working with our customers consultatively to make sure that they're making the, the more cost effective choice. Obviously, we, we are in a sustainability crisis as well, which is still a really, really important element to focus on. Often customers assume or, or the general public assumes that if you're specifying something like a natural material, then that is actually a more sustainable choice. But taking something like worktops, for example, if you have a choice between a marble or a granite, yes, that's a natural material, but it's not a sustainable choice. 
it's millions of years, obviously, for the earth to, to produce the metamorphic rock. It takes a huge amount of energy to extract it from the earth. And it's not recyclable at the end of its life either after it's been in someone's kitchen and it's, it's ready to be replaced. So something like our 25 mil realistic laminate worktops, for example, is a great alternative. They are far more cost effective and they are fully recyclable at the end of their life. We can go on to make new chipboard out of those products. And that blends perfectly with two trends that we're seeing, exactly. customers, which is perfect. Well, I think that's everything for us today. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast. And I hope you have a great Christmas and New Year. Thanks very much. You too. Thank you.